We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Esther Greenwood, recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com. Oh, it's so good to see you all. It's so good to be here. I can't remember the last time I was here, but I know when I was here, I had fun. So much fun that I nearly missed my flight home. Uh, we were literally sitting there chatting and, and then we were like, oh man, I need to get to the airport 10 minutes ago. Um, uh, but I really thank God for the people at in New Zealand who said, don't worry, we'll put you on the next flight for free. Uh, so I said, thank the Lord, because I would have been in trouble if I didn't get home by Monday. Um, so I'm really thankful for this church. It's actually been um, Pastor Wills and I, we were at Bible College together 10 years ago. It's 10 years this year. 10 years this year we were in Bible college. Isn't God good? He's faithful. Isn't he so faithful? I remember the first time I met your pastor. It was at our album recording. And um, and I had the privilege many, many years ago, obviously. Um, and I was, I was standing there and I was freaking out as a young person because um, if it was 10 years, that would have made me 20. And I was standing there and I'd met Pastor Wills and I hadn't yet met Pastor Desiree and they'd moved over from London and, uh, and Pastor Wills was just standing there and looking at me like, hi, I'm, I'm Will. And I was like, hey. And then he says, you are right? <laughs> because I was in a state of panic about to sing on this album. And, uh, and I was like, yeah, yeah. And I remember saying to him, you know, I just have a feeling that at any moment now, someone's gonna figure out, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know why I'm here. I don't know why I'm singing. Someone's gonna figure out, I'm just pretending. And Pastor Will says to me, it's all right, it's what we all do. (laughs) We still do. (laughs) And he's like, I'm moving over here from London. We're gonna pastor a church. Who knows what we're doing? And I looked at this guy and I was like, man, I like this guy. And ever since then, it's just been a journey of one step. Okay. And so I right now, can we just honour your incredible pastors? They are incredible leaders. They are visionaries. They are strong. Oh my gosh. And over the years, I've got to get to know Pastor Desiree and it was so cool. Kind of not cool. I know you're still standing. I'm totally aware of it. Don't worry. And uh, we went out to Velvet Burger last night, which was incredible. Um, Except we turned up and there was a sign. There's a sign that said, we have no beef. We have no avocados. We have no wedges. And I'm like, where have I turned up to? Why does this burger joint not have beef? I need beef. But we sat there and we had burgers and we had fries. And I just sat and I just sat there just listening to you, Pastor Desiree, woman of wisdom, woman of much wisdom, of much power and of much authority. It was an honor last night to be able to serve at your conference but it was even more of an honour last night to sit and have a burger with you and to listen to your heart and to learn from you. When I grow up, I want to be like you. Give Pastor Desiree a massive... Can we thank Pastor Desiree for hosting an incredible conference? And right now to all the males, 
looked after children, who cleaned the house, who made meals, who released your woman. Thank you, men. Thank you for serving. Oh, you can take a seat. Awesome. Or maybe it's a new season. Yeah. It's a new day, a fresh anointing is on the way. It's a season of power and prosperity. It's a new season coming to me. Oh, it's a new It's a new day, a fresh anointing is on the way. It's a season of power, of prosperity. Say it's a new season coming to me. Come on, it's a new season. It's a new season. Can I declare that over your lives this morning? That the old season has gone. It is gone. And there is a new season now to step into the Spirit of God. Can I encourage your heart this morning? The old things of yesterday. Oh, we thank God for those lessons. We thank God for that time. But it is gone now. And there is a new season to step into. Can you feel it? morning can you hear the spirit of God saying it's a season of power it's a season of prosperity it's a season of growth it's a season of increase can I prophesy increase over this house can I prophesy increase into your bank account can I prophesy healing and breakthrough and freedom into your lives in Jesus name in Jesus name I can feel the spirit of God working. Oh, can you feel the Spirit of God in this place? It's a season of power. Oh, you've been fighting hard, but now you're going to know the Spirit of the living God empowering your battle. It's a season of prosperity. I speak it over you in the name of Jesus. Where there has been lack in your lives, I declare prosperity, abundance, overflow in Jesus' name. It's a season of increase, increase, increase. I declare that over this church over Equippers Church in Dunedin, increase and growth in Jesus' name. You may take your seats. This is getting out of control, out of control. We have a music team. They're up, they're down, they're up, they're down. So good. Thank you, team. Thank you, Abby, leading so beautifully this morning. I really believe there, that there is a new season that you're in this morning. And as we sang this morning, pour it out. Let your love run over. I love that, that song. And I, I just sense that the heavens want to open. 
that God's desire is that the heavens open over this place, over this house, and that his spirit pours out, that it rains, that it rains, that it rains on your lives, that it rains in Jesus' name. Your, your life is going to be blessed because you come to this church. In Jesus' name, your bank accounts are going to be blessed because you come to this church. Your life will be healed because you're a part of this church. And it's not about the building. It's about a group of people, a people of God who would say, God, let the heavens open. Let it rain. Let it rain. Every place that has been dry, every place that there's been a drought, perhaps your heart is feeling dry and hardened by a hard season. In Jesus' name, that hard season is coming to an end and it's going to rain. It's going to rain in the name of Jesus. Let me read you a scripture from Zechariah 10 and verse 1. It says this in the New King James Version. Isaiah, I'm so sorry I didn't give you the scripture. Don't worry about putting it up. Um, let, let, Let me read you the scripture. It says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain, grass in the field for everyone. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain. I think it's quite hilarious. Because why would you ask for God for rain in the time where it usually rains? It would just rain, wouldn't it? But but it says here in his word, come on, ask God for the rain. Come on, when you feel it's time, because I can sense it's time for the heavens to open and for rain to come. But God still says, come on, you got to open your mouth and ask for it. Why? Because every time you open your mouth, it is a faith declaration. It's, it's engaging faith and saying, God, I'm ready for the increase. God, I'm ready for the healing. God, I'm ready for the restoration. God, I'm ready for the shift to take place in my family. I'm ready for the shift to take place in my heart. I'm asking for the rain. It says, ask for the rain in the time of latter rain. That, of course, means that there was a former rain, right? And so the former rain happened before <laughs> the latter rain. <laughs> wow preaching. So I did a little bit of research about the former and latter rain and what that means and what it meant in the time of Israel. And pretty much for the people of God, the former rain came at the beginning of a season where they should, have, where they should be planting, planting seeds. So that former rain would fall and it would soften hard soil from a previous season. It would soften the soil so they could turn the soil over and then they would plant their seeds and then the seeds would be sown and they would take root and they'd begin to germinate and they'd begin to grow. But then came the time of the latter rain and the latter rain was important because if the latter rain didn't fall, then the, 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 the seeds, the fruit, it wouldn't ripen. It wouldn't grow. There's not enough water. So if the latter rain didn't fall, it didn't matter how many seeds you planted, they won't ripen. That's why we got to ask for the latter rain. Because it rained one time. One time it rained and it meant we could turn the soil over in our hearts. And it meant God could plant seeds of greatness, of purpose, of vision into this church and into your hearts. But now it's time for the latter rain so that those seeds don't go to waste. So that those seeds don't go to waste. And I want to encourage your heart this morning. You have planted good seed You've planted great seed, seeds of faithfulness, 
you have, you have given an offerings and you have said, God, you're going to break through. And perhaps you haven't seen the growth you've wanted, but it's time for the latter rain. It's time, for, it's time to call to the heavens. We ask God for the latter rain so that the rain would fall in those seeds. You'll begin to see, oh, God's incredible faithfulness. You'll begin to see the increase. You'll begin to see God move and shift things in your life. Amy? Sound like a good idea? Yeah, I think it sounds like a God idea. Great. So the, here's the thing. Former rain, we plant seeds. Latter rain the seeds that we have sown, they begin to yield produce. They begin to yield fruit. And then what happens? Harvest time. You know, you hear that? It's harvest time in the church. There's a great harvest. It's really exciting, except for people like me who are really lazy. Because I'm like, oh man, that sounds like work. Oh, sheesh. Oh my gosh, harvest time means like I'm going to have to like get on my knees and I'm going to have to pick up some tools and I'm going to have to cut and I'm going to have to package and I'm going to have to walk along with other people that I don't even really like. And I'm going to have to take my harvest and I'm going to have to put it and then, you know, sometimes I gather more than other people. Look at these, these people don't even know what they're doing. Right? And then we're in this harvest time over here. And God's doing incredible things. And then we just start complaining. Oh my gosh, the harvest. Jeez, this harvest. God, look at all these new people. Just me and I have to park further away from church. God, now I have to leave earlier in the morning. Jeez, man. Look at all these new people who come and who don't know church culture. It's so annoying. That's harvest. And in Jesus' name, harvest is coming. In Jesus' name, harvest is coming. In Jesus' name, every seat will be filled. In Jesus' name, harvest is coming. But we hear Jesus says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And so here, I just wanna give you three things, just three things that are, that, that, that are going to, in Jesus' name, help you. They're not, you know, the only three things you do, but just three things that I feel the Spirit of God has put on my heart this year that I've been sharing to many, many people. Three things. Three things that will mean that you will become the kind of person that would stand with the authority of God and would look to the heavens and say, let it rain! and it will rain. And then when the harvest comes, you will be someone who knows how to do the work. Someone who knows and encourages others to do the same in Jesus' name. Turn in your Bibles to 1 Kings 17. We find our friend here, his name is Elijah. And I like Elijah because the dude knew how to make it rain. I like Elijah. It didn't matter whether it was a rain of fire or a rain of water. The brother knew how to make it rain. He stood there and he said, heavens open, God, do your thing. That's my paraphrase. Read 1 Kings 17 and 18. But the heavens opened and fire came down. And then in the very next chapter, we see him again. I see a cloud. God, you're making it rain. Oh, I prophesy the rain. And it, and it rained. But Elijah doesn't just show up. 
being that person who he didn't just show up full grown. Elijah went through a process to be the kind of person that would be able to stand before the King of Kings, the divine mighty God, and even in his humanity, and even in his own lack, in his own brokenness, in his own messed upness, that he would be able to stand and say, God, make it rain. So in 1 Kings 17, we see there's a drought in the land. We had a bit of a water crisis in Auckland. Um, we had too much water. And our dams couldn't handle it. And uh, we haven't had water like that before. Where I live, there was full flooding. 12 people had to get rescued from an intersection. That's not funny. I'm sorry for laughing. It's terrible. But it was just weird because it's Auckland City and we've never had anything like that before. But there was so much rain that the, our dams couldn't handle and process the water. And so there, we, we had water restrictions in Auckland. And it's a crazy thing when there's a, when there's a drought in the land or there's a crazy thing when water isn't available. People start acting crazy, man. I went into the supermarkets and people had trolleys full of water. I was like, I was bottled water and I was like, wow, wow. This, is, this is crazy. Households, we had to save, I think it was 220 litres of water every day. And um, I was like, all right, Ben, you shower. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Back to the word. Okay. So there was a drought in the land, right? And in, in 1 Kings 17, verse 2, the Lord said to Elijah, go, go to the east and hide by Kerith Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So I'm a little bit of a geek for those of you who don't know me, and I've researched a few things. Um, in this scripture, um, the word Kerith, God said to Elijah, go to Kerith Brook. This is the first time we see Elijah in the scripture. And God says to him, go to Kerith Brook. That word Kerith in Hebrew, it means cutting. It means to cut. I looked it up. It means um, not just cutting like with a pair of scissors. It means an aggressive form of cutting to cut off, cut down, like to amputate a body part. That kind of separation. To cut a covenant like that of marriage. So God says to Elijah, what you need to do in this place of drought, what I, where I'm going to send you is a place of separation is a place where there are things that you need to be separate from in your life. Because there are things that you've chosen to marry to your life that you've come to rely on as your source. But you need to go to the place of separation now. Otherwise, you're never gonna let me provide for you. You're never gonna let me work through you like I need to work through you. So you gotta go to the place of separation and you gotta amputate some things that you think are absolutely necessary to your way of life, but they're not. And God says to Elijah, and I will send the ravens to feed you. Did some research on ye ravens. This is what Wikipedia says, so it's not real research. Wikipedia says, ravens are scavengers with a huge diet of fish, meat, seeds, and garbage. Ravens are not above tricking animals out of their food. One raven will distract the animal from its food, and the other raven will steal it. These ravens are clever things. 
And I love that because of all the animals, God, you want to choose a raven? (laughs) Of all the animals, not a beautiful white dove. But God chooses a raven, a most unlikely food source. Ravens who are selfish scavengers. Ravens who in a time of drought, if they find food, they're taking it for themselves. But no, Elijah, from the most unlikely sources, I will provide for you. Elijah, what you need to do is sit there and let me provide for you. In the place of separation, Elijah, what you need to do is learn how to receive. Elijah, what you need to do is stop doing things and just sit in a place where I can tell you, I'll be your source. I'll be your provider. You can lean on me for the very source of life. From the most unlikely places, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to feed you. I'm going to honor you. I'm going to show you how much I love you. Everyone else, Elijah, is going to go to the Jordan River, but I'm sending you to the place of cutting. I'm sending you to the place of separation because it's going to be me and you, Elijah, and you're going to learn that I'm all you need. You're going to learn that I'm everything you need. I am your source. No wonder God says, come on, go to the place of separation. You know, the first thing we need to do is to go to the place of separation. There are far too many things that we rely on in our lives that aren't Jesus, that aren't the Spirit of God. Sometimes we are far too clever for our own good that we think away our faith. We think away the miraculous of God. We think away things. We, we uninvite people before we even invite them. Oh, because they'll never, no, no, they'll never say, they'll never, they'll, they'll never say yes. That's what happens. But God says, well, you got saved. <laughs> you go to church. <laughs> That's a miracle. But what happens when we don't go to the place of separation, our own logic then supersedes the logic of the most high God. And we begin to take God out of our situations and out of our lives. And then we wonder how come when we say, God, let it rain, God says, um, what? (laughs) Because if we were to ever do that without having relationship with God, it would so damage our relationship with God. And God doesn't ever withhold because he's unloving. But I think sometimes God withholds because he says, no, I want you first. I want your heart first. I want your life first. I want to shape you to be the person that can receive heaven's blessings. I want, to be, I, I, I want you to be the kind of person that when heaven opens, heaven will open not just over your life, but through your life, a nation can be blessed. Through your life, families can be blessed. Come on, God is not just about you. He's about us. So the first place he goes is the place of separation. In verse 8 and 9. After that, the Lord said to Elijah, go and live in the village of Zarephath near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. This is the second place Elijah goes to. The first place is the place of of cutting, the place of separation. The second place is a place called Zarephath where, where there's a widow. That word Zarephath in Hebrew, that word literally means the, the place of refining. 
the place of refining. It means to smelt, to test, and prove true. To test and prove true. Not just to test, but you're going to stay there (laughs) until it's proven true. It is the place where you are refined and where you become a refiner. That's what that word Zarephath means, to be refined and to be a refiner. So Elijah goes to this place and he sees a widow. The land is still in drought and he says to the widow, "Um, can you go get me a drink, please? The nerve of the man. (laughs) There's a drought and he says to the widow, can you get me a glass of water, please? Thank you. And then as she walks off, probably thinking, who is this guy? As she walks off, Elijah calls out, oh, and while you're at it, can you grab me some bread? (laughs) And then this woman, she turns around and she says, let me tell you who I am. I am a widow and I have a son and we only have this much olive oil and this much flour and I'm about to cook our last meal and we're about to die. Like zero to 100, right? She's like yelling at the prophet Elijah. And Elijah, he just sits there and says, don't worry. And I think sometimes when I read that, I laugh at Elijah until I understood the place where Elijah came from. Elijah came from the place where he learned God is my source. So he was saying to this widow, don't worry, as long as I'm alive, God's going to provide. Don't worry, as long as you with me, girl, we're going to eat. Don't worry. And so she's yelling. She's saying to Elijah, are you crazy, man? And he says, just go and do it. God's going to provide. So she goes. And what does God do? He provides. Come on, what is Elijah doing? Elijah is now refining her faith. Elijah is now moving to a place. Come on, I learned something in the place of separation. I learned something in the place of cutting. I learned when God pulled me away and isolated me and perhaps pulled away the securities of my life. I learned something there. And now when I move to the next place, I don't keep it to myself. I use it to help others, to bless others. Come on, that's what, that's what a harvest is about. It's about being able to help others. Come on, I'll show you how to gather. I'll show you how to love people. I'll show you how to pray for people. So this is what Elijah does. Next minute, the widow's son gets sick and he dies. And she goes to Elijah, verse 18, and she says this, Oh man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? She freaks out because the culture of the day meant that if, if bad things were to happen to you, tragic things, that would often mean you are paying the price for your own sins or you are paying the price of the sins or the evil of your, of your parentage. It's what the Bible would call it, a curse. And so she says, is that why you're here? Can I just say this to you this morning as I was reading over the scripture and I read that verse 18. There may be people here this morning where you have felt like your legacy, your dream, your future, your hope has died. 
and you may be speaking with that same sentiment. You may be thinking or living, oh God, you gave me this dream just so it could die. You gave me this hope just so I could be disappointed. You gave me this love just so I can be shattered. And I wanna encourage your heart and say, as the the scripture carries on, that's not the reason why this kid died. The reason that this kid died was so that the glory of God could be revealed and so Elijah could be refined. So the glory of God could be revealed and so Elijah could be refined. Because in this space, Elijah picks up this dead boy And he carries him to the house and he lays him out on the ground. And Elijah lays on top of this kid. And he breathes on this kid. Oh God, please let this kid live. (laughs) And then he stands up. Nothing. Oh, you okay? So then Elijah lays on the kid again. God, please let this kid love. And then he stands up. Nothing. Who knows? Slight panic. (laughs) A little bit stressful at this moment. A little bit embarrassing. A little bit of failure. A lot of shame. There's an entry point for so much there. There's an entry point for shame. There's an entry point for disappointment. There's an entry point for grief. There's an entry point for sorrow. But there's also an entry point for hope, an entry point for faith, an entry point for love. And Elijah goes again, go again, go again, go again. Try again, do it again, hope again, forgive again, love again, trust again. And he lays over this dead body and he breathes. And this kid wakes up. Oh, isn't it awesome? Oh, isn't God good? You see, sometimes I think when God entrusts us with things, sometimes it can fail the first time, right? You know what it's like, and we try and breathe on it, but sometimes our breath stinks, right? It stinks of failure, stinks of gossip, stinks of bad attitudes, Stinks of anxiety, stinks of worry. It stinks of the past principles that now rule your present. But I love it because if the place of cutting, the place of separation taught Elijah to inhale and receive from God, then the place of refining taught him to exhale the spirit of God. Because sometimes in our lives, we are going to inhale failure, but we need to know how to exhale faith. Sometimes we're going to inhale disappointment, but we've got to know how to exhale hope. Sometimes we're going to inhale offense, but we've got to know how to exhale forgiveness. That's what it is to be refined and to become a refiner. That's how dead dreams awaken. That's how hope rises. That's how healing comes. God, I may be sick, but I'm breathing out faith this morning and I'm believing for your healing in Jesus' name. Musos, come up on stage, just getting out of control.
Are you encouraged this morning? And the last place this morning, we, Elijah went to the place of separation. And then he went to the place of refining. And the last place he went to before he made it rain is the place that we find in 1 Kings chapter 18. And verse 19, Elijah says this. He says, now summon all of Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with the prophets of Baal and the prophets of Asherah. And I will stand in front of them. And Elijah said he would stand there and he would say, how long are you going to waver between two opinions? Now it's time for the Spirit of God to pour out. That place, Carmel, Carmel. In Hebrew, that means fruitfulness. There's only, excuse me, one other place in the scripture where the word Carmel is written. And it is written in Isaiah. And I think it's verse uh, chapter 32. And it talks about there being a desert place. There was a desert place and the people of Israel were in a desert place until the Spirit pours out and the ground will become caramel, fruitful again. And so Elijah says, Bring the battle to the place of the fruitfulness of God. I won't battle anywhere else, but I will battle here on the place prophetically where God has set to pour His Spirit out. And I think we need to understand as people of God, too many times we battle on the grounds of loneliness, of desperation, And those things are very real. But sometimes, sometimes we need to remember the goodness of God all the time. We need to look back and remember great is His faithfulness. And on that space, I will battle. It is okay to be desperate. It is okay to feel like, I don't know how this is all gonna turn out. It's totally okay. That's very human. But that cannot be the place where we set our feet. And that cannot be the place that we battle from. But like Elijah, I love that he moved the battle. And he said, we're gonna meet me on Mount Carmel. Meet me on the place of the fruitfulness. He said, meet me there. And so this morning, we should not battle on the grounds of insecurity, but rather that our God is so faithful. And on that place He stood, 
and he sits and offers it. And he said, go and get some water. Which would have been the most precious thing. I used to think that it was because Elijah was just a little bit of a show off. I'm going to pour some water on this offering. That way when fire falls down from heaven and this thing combusts into flames, it's going to be like God fireworks up in here. But I actually think as Elijah gave, he said, I'm going to go get an offering. That which is most precious to all people and that is which, that which is most precious to me. I'm going to get this water and I'm going to pour an offering, God, before you do anything, let me give an offering. In the place of lack, let me give an offering. In the place where I'm the only one standing, let me give an offering. In the place where I feel like I'm so alone, let me give an offering. On the place where I feel like I'm still broken, let me give an offering. Let me give an offering as I remember the faithfulness and the fruitfulness of God. Let me give an offering and then pour it out, God. Pour it out. In Jesus' name, stand to your feet. Come on, no more drought. It's a new season. This morning, if you know there are some places and spaces you need to get to before you cry, pour it out. If you know you need to go to the place of separation, use this afternoon very well. Go, go to the place of separation. Go and close the door to your room and put on worship music and pick up the Word of God and say, I'm pursuing you, God. I'm coming for you, God. If you're real, God, you gotta show up, God. If it's the place of refining, come on, you gotta go again. You gotta go again. You gotta hope again. You gotta believe again. And you gotta put your hope and your trust in God and not in the result. If you put your hope and trust in the result, you'll never go again. But you put your hope and your trust in the character of God. He is good. He is faithful. He's provider. He is the King of glory. He's the King of majesty. He's creator God. He's the Prince of Peace. He is the Redeemer. He is the Holy One, the Mighty One of Israel. He is the warrior that fights on my behalf. That's where we get refined. That's how we go again. That's how we love again right now in Jesus' Name. If you're here this morning and you're like, yep, I need to go again. I need to go again. And I've been freaking out because there's been a little bit of failure. I wanna pray for you this morning. I wanna pray for you this morning. Close your eyes. If that's you, just lift your hands and you're saying, yeah, I need to go again. I need to love again. I need to believe again, but it's been so hard. It's been so hard. Oh, lift your hands, lift your hands, lift your hands to the King of Kings. And right now I want you to declare, I want you to declare, God, you are faithful. God, you are awesome. God, you are the King of glory. You're in control, God. I don't know what's going on, but I know you're God. I don't know what's happening, but I know you're King. 
and, and right now, I want you just to declare, God, teach me how to go again. Father, right now, I pray a download of divine strategy to go again. And it may be obscure and it may be strange, as strange as laying over a dead body and breathing our own breath into it. But I thank You, God, the download of divine strategy is gonna come. And these ones who have their hands raised, they're gonna have a strategy from heaven to go again, to love again, to try again, to initiate again. Right now I take authority over the voices of failure and over the voices of past bad experiences and I silence it in the name of Jesus. And I pray that within these ones, your sons and daughters, the voice of faith will arise. The voice of the prophetic will arise. In Jesus' name, go again, go again. Come on, you declare it out of your mouth if you're responding, God, I'm going again. God, I'm going again. I'm trying again. Show me how. Show me how. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message recorded at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray it blessed you. For more information, please visit equipuschurch.com.